We are at the midway point of the season, and the Carolina Hurricanes look to be front runners for the Stanley Cup. And you got to be wondering, what is this team doing good? What is this team doing bad? Who is standing out in a good or bad way? We will be discussing all of that in this episode of Locked on Hurricanes. Your Locked on Hurricanes, your daily podcast on the Carolina Hurricanes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Kaniacs. I'm your host, Jared Ellis, and you're once again listening to Locked On Hurricanes on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And this episode is brought to you by the folks over at FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And I am once again joined by Kyle. Kyle, how are you doing this morning? Hey, you know, pleasure to be back. I'm uh, ready to talk some hurricanes. Yeah, and we got a lot to talk about today. We're at the midway point of the season right now, the Hurricanes are in their bye week, which will be coming to an end tomorrow, but we'll talk more about that tomorrow, folks. Uh, And it's time to talk about the midway point of the season. And the Hurricanes, they've been, for the most part, doing pretty darn good this year. And they're looking like real Stanley Cup contenders. A lot of folks picking them to win the whole thing. What are some things that you have liked from this team? We're going to start off on a positive note. Yeah, things that I've liked, um, you know, at the start of the season, we had a very, very tough stretch of games. There was a lot of time spent on the road, especially out the West Coast, which is a blessing and a curse at the same time. Uh, the, you know, the curse could be you start off on the road, you know, first 15, 20 games, you got, you know, 10 or 15 of them on the road, especially out on the West Coast. That could hurt you and, you know, put you on the wrong foot starting off the season. But Carolina, you know, does what they did. And they ended up going out there, winning a ton of those games. We had one of the best away records for the start of the season other than the Bruins. And it just allowed us to, when we were able to get a big homestand, especially starting in December, just start catching fire. And and ever since December, we've been the number one team in the NHL as far as records concerned at 23-3-3. and That's Mm -hmm. an impressive feat to do for a team, especially that some guys say we can't score goals. You know, some some fans are worried about the goal scoring production. 23-3-3 and is not something you get to without having production from up and down the entire lineup. So a lot of positive notes heading into the second half of the season. Yeah, I, I agree that uh, that road stretch to open up the season, that was definitely not ideal for sure. Um, kind of hate when the state fair, you know, kind of uh, happens down here, you know, because the Hurricanes got to do something like that. They got to uh, go on the road. And uh, it's definitely been a year of ups and downs for sure, but there have been a lot more ups than there have been downs and the hurricanes. Yeah. Uh, I've definitely been critical of them at times for not playing complete games, but they have definitely, at least as of late been able to really just everyone 
just go out there and do their jobs. And that is really, really good uh, because we're, it feels like a lot of the problems that they faced towards the end of regular season into playoffs in these past few years, they were dealing with these, you know, pretty early in the season. And I kept saying, you know, throughout the entirety of it, I'd rather deal with these power play problems or, you know, offensive production problems. I'd rather deal with all of these early in the season and get this stuff figured out than be dealing with it, you know, a month before the playoffs or dealing with it in the playoffs like we've seen before. But yeah, as a whole offense, you know, guys have been really stepping up to the plate because really, gosh, the entire year, the Hurricanes have never been 100% healthy. Someone has been on the bench. Start out the year, Max Pacioretty, you know, uh, you know, we'll throw Jake Gardner in there, even though we kind of figure, yeah, he probably wasn't going to play. This year, again, you know, with all of his surgeries, but, you know, Max Pacioretty, you know, he wasn't ready to go at the beginning of the year. Then after game one, you know, Andre Kosh is out. And then, you know, more and more guys, you know, in and out as the year goes on. Kosh still has not returned to the lineup. Pacioretty came back. Now he's out again. And the fact that they've been able to do all of this without being 100% healthy is crazy. And, it definitely, they, as good as they've been, it definitely is like a what if. What if they were 100% healthy? What if Max Petri never tore his Achilles you know, uh, before the season started? What if he was there opening night and we had everyone, uh, minus Jake Gardner? But again, you know, we kind of figured he wouldn't be there. Yeah, Jake was almost kind of a write-off from the start of the year, and I don't think it was anything to do with his, you know, inability to play at the same level. Yeah. They they said that they still gave him a shot in training camp. Yeah. I just I just don't think that you know after the back surgery he was up to pace that where he wanted to be. And in all honesty, Carolina needed the four million dollars that he was making too. Mm-hmm. So that portion of it doesn't hurt. We also have to remember we were missing Freddie Anderson for what felt like it might have even been two months of the season. He was out for a good stretch of time, and we were relying on a 21-year-old rookie netminder and Auntie Ronto, who's very capable, don't get me wrong, but it's not Freddie Anderson. Freddie's the mm-hmm. Freddie's the guy that we expect to bring us to the cup. Now, we know he's he's had his injuries and his ups and downs in the past, but he's the guy that when he's healthy, he's, he's as good as they come, and he's one of the best in the league. So – without him for two months of the uh, of the season as well too, and the, especially that beginning half when we were on so many road games and we we're struggling with the travel and everything along those lines, Carolina just persevered. And I think that was the big thing that we kind of, we were looking at was their third period woes in that first half mm-hmm. of the season where we were winning games going into the third. And then it felt like we were just letting them slip out of our hands um, and or just making it a game when it really shouldn't have been a game. We're yeah. still getting the two points out of it a lot of the time, but we were also were doing it without arguably one of the best goaltenders in the league. And I think now seeing Freddie back and seeing how Freddie can really close out a game, it's it's been impressive to see that you know we have kind of solved for the majority those third period lapses that we've had in previous years. 
Yeah, and you bringing up those third period lapses, you know, is a great uh, segue into going into the next segment of things that we haven't liked and things that this team does need to work on improving in the second half of the season and into the playoffs. And we will talk about things that we don't like that the team has done this year right after this quick break, folks. Now, the Super Bowl is right around the corner, and we are really excited to tell you about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, and that is FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. So you can download FanDuel now so you can bet on Super Bowl 57, whether you're going with the Chiefs or the Eagles, with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will win or who will score the first touchdown. I, Your guess is as good as mine on who's going to do that. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And best of all, you get paid your winnings instantly. So if you win 50 bucks and you need that 50 bucks, you can get it right then and there. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Now, as you're talking about those third period woes that the Hurricanes have been dealing with off and on all season long, it hasn't really been one thing that was like, you know, you could, like a power play where, which we'll talk about that, uh, where you could kind of pin it down to like this certain stretch of where it was like particularly bad. This has been something that's off and on all season long and not just this season it's been an issue for the past few seasons and it's one thing that i've struggled to figure out why like why does this happen you know you i could understand every every now and again like it happens but it feels like this happens with this team way more than it should at least in my opinion and it's again like a, like I said, a thing where I've struggled to figure out why. Yeah, I I think a big key to the the issues that we've been having in that third period is if you look at our style of play this year versus last year, it is a little bit different. You're mm-hmm. seeing guys like Martin Natchez and you're seeing guys like Andres Fechnikov, our skill players, Aho, who's he's particularly strong in his own end, but you're seeing guys take a little bit more risky chances. They're taking mm-hmm. a little bit more chance because we need those scoring opportunities because we have statistically struggled in the scoring department, you know, in previous seasons this year is we're better than we have been in in the past couple years. And I think that comes down to us being a little bit more, you know, open to, to making a cross ice pass. We typically wouldn't, we would dump it in last year and and try and really get to that four check game, which we can definitely play. And we Mm -hmm. play it a lot but you're starting to see guys really try and carry the mail and really try and, and, and create offense when there's not particularly something always there. And then you're seeing those turnovers come back in, they're coming in two on one, or you're getting a fast break going up ice that creates chaos. 
And I think the majority of that just comes down to, like I said, Carolina's being a little bit more risky with their offensive strategy. And it's going to come at the cost of some defense at times. But I think Carolina, what they've done in the second half of the season to lock down that defense a little bit better and really understand when the right time to make those risky plays are versus when, you know, mathematically you're you're five minutes left in the third period, you're up by a goal. Hey, maybe let's get the puck in deep instead of trying to make a crazy play to, you know, get an insurance goal. Let's be, let's make the guarantee play instead of making the risky play. But we still need that risk in our game because, we need the offense. We need the goals. And you're seeing surges from Natchez and, and Svechnikov. And yeah, Svechnikov hasn't scored as of late, but he's still getting on the board with the assist mm-hmm. and he's still making a difference in that department. But that all comes down to, I think Rod's giving them a big green light into saying, hey, listen, I don't care if you turn the puck over, just try and create some offense, try and create some plays because these guys are so heavily skilled. And you saw it with Svechnikov making it to the all-star game. They're so heavily skilled and have such good upside that I think giving them a little bit more of the green light is going to come with its ups and it's going to come with its downs. And I think we saw the down portion of it in the beginning half of the season. I think we're trending up though, as far as that defensive third period statistics are concerned. Yeah. And you know, what, you mentioned all that. I feel like some of that could be attributed to, like you said, they in in the past haven't played that kind of game, and it could be more of a learning curve, I guess. And yeah. you know, because these guys, you know, Natchez, Aho, Svetch, these guys are getting to the point now where, like, hey, you know, you're the guys here. You know, it's not you know, we'll bring you know, guys in to help, like Max, but the keys are yours at this point and you need to step up and, you know, get it done. And, you know, they're having to make those uh, different plays and it's something they're not used to doing. So yeah, there's going to be mistakes. And, you know, I think that, you know, they do need to keep in mind of, like you said, sometimes going into that third period and getting that insurance goal, go with the safe play, not the, highlight real play and uh, you know because so many times in years past they you know went with the safe play and it worked out for them you know but they don't need to get too far away from that and they need to play smart but i think that's just something that's gonna come with age and you know getting used to you know adding this element to their game um another thing that i do feel that uh they need to definitely be working on uh we've we talked about it um, last time we talked was the power play and just how big of a step back it has taken this year. And it has improved little by little, you know, as the season has worn on, but you know, you look at that. I I think we mentioned it the last time we talked, but I'm not sure. You know, I think one thing that comes down to the power play of it being as poor as it has been this year has been just there being so many new guys there. I think last year uh, we when we had so much turnover and so many new guys you know, on power play and whatnot, I feel that was a bit of an outlier of how good things clicked uh, from the get-go. And... Then, you know, as time wore on, you know, it and 
we got into the second half of the season the, and the playoffs, it trended downwards. And come playoff time, good luck finding it. <laughs> and, you know, I, as much as I enjoyed that, I, I wish, you know, we would have had this year, last year, you know, because I think, you know, last year they really could have went on a run. And, you know, I think they can this year as well. But now they've had these issues of the power play just not working. And they've had these issues in the first half of the season. So they're going to kind of know what to do. And like, all right, yeah. You know, like you mentioned with Brent Burns. All right, Svetch is going to be here rather than there. And they're going to be more used to these things they're going to be used to these problems and you know hopefully come playoff time we don't have that issue yeah i think the 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 way i look at it is the positive portion of the power play that we're getting to so far first half of the season we couldn't get anything to fall for us we really weren't generating a lot of offense off of it there really wasn't much coming up out it was just kind of we would get into the zone stagnant pass the puck around and or we wouldn't even be able to get the blue line a lot of teams were really crushing us at the blue line the first half of the season and i think that's been a big change is that we're really getting into the offensive zone a lot smoother than we have been mm-hmm. and i think a big portion of that comes down to nate just being that swing guy and i don't believe he was at the beginning half of the season but he's he's turned into that swing guy that's flying up the ice we forget that yeah, Andrei Svechnikov won the fastest skater competition. He's not even the fastest guy in his line. Marty mm-hmm. Natchez is one of the fastest guys in the NHL, and he was last year. I'm pretty sure statistically he was the, the fastest recorded skater in the NHL last year during any given shift. So him being able to just kind of carry that amount of speed coming in, it's hard for a, a defense to stand up at the blue line when you got a guy coming 100 miles an hour at you. And coming in with a full head of steam. And I think that's been a big asset that Carolina is really starting to utilize is that Marty Natchez. But the way I look at it is last year, we were red, red, red hot beginning of the season. Like no ifs, ands, and buts about it. Tony D'Angelo was really carrying that load. We really had a lot of movement. We had a lot of good plays coming about from that power play this year, it was like, like I said, polar opposite. And and we really struggled at the beginning half of the year, but we're trending upwards. The nice thing is, is that the way this Carolina team's structured, it doesn't matter if for the first, you know, eight, 80 games of the season, if our power play is awful, as long as it hits during playoff time. And as long as once we get into the dance, as we, as we like to say it, the dance of the playoffs, once we're there, all of a sudden, if that power play starts to click and it keeps trending the way that it's trending now, because we've been we've been pretty good lately as, uh, with mm-hmm. the power play, and yep. we've been really starting to capitalize, especially in key opportunities, we've been capitalizing when we really need it most. So if we keep that trend going up and we roll into playoffs with one of the hotter power plays, I'll take a bad start of the season mm-hmm. to uh to you know to a red hot second half of the year any day of the week. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Like I said, you know, a lot of the issues that this team has had, you know, third period woes, special teams woes. And, you know, another thing, you know, mentioned special teams, penalty kill also for quite a while just wasn't up to snuff. And I think a lot of that, you know, comes back to a lot of the same things, you know, we just talked about with the power play. So, you know, just kind of 
plop those yeah there as well but i i would much rather you know deal with these issues now and so these guys are you know when we get you know to those last couple weeks of the regular season into the playoffs you know we can be like you know all right you know we know what to do should you know you know nate just be in the box or whatever yeah or and you know if this guy is hurt or or whatever these guys they know how to deal with this stuff not saying they didn't before but it's one thing to know how to deal with it like in your head but then like you know actually like have to deal with it you know it's a whole different ball game and you know it's and you get into the playoffs you're going to be dealing with you know no disrespect to you know a team like Arizona or whatever you know, team you're going to play in the playoffs is going to be a bit better than them. And they're going to be better at capitalizing on, you know, those opportunities that you present to them. And you're going to know just how to handle those when those situations arise. And I'm really confident in this team uh, heading into the second half of the season. Cause like you said, a lot of the issues where they were struggling in the first half, they are trending upwards. Not saying, yeah, they can, they won't take a step back as you figure there's still going to be bad games that they're going to have, you know, here and there. You know, I don't think, you know, we're going to win out, you know, the back half of the mm-hmm. season or anything like that. But it, I'm really confident in this team. I feel like they, they got those core group of guys that we talked about that got handed the keys, you know, Aho, Natchez, Feshnikov, those guys. I'm feeling really confident in them that they're they're ready to really just be in the driver's seat, take this team on a run. Uh, I'm really I'm really confident in them. And you know, now that we're you know talking about specific players, um, you know, guys that have stuck out to us in good ways and in bad ways. Yeah, you know, not everyone has been perfect this year, and we will talk about all those guys right after this quick break. All right, folks, we are back. And now it's time to talk about the folks on the Hurricanes that have really stuck out to us in good ways and bad ways. And first and foremost, you know, we got to talk about Andre Sveshkov. You know, he was, you know, just coming off of his first All-Star game appearance. And, you know, like you mentioned earlier, he has slowed down in terms of goals, but he's, that's just in goals. He's still racking up assists and it's not that he isn't showing up on the score sheet and he's also just playing a good all around game as well. It was a very well earned all-star game appearance for him. He has played really well this season and this was, you know, something we were, you know, looking for, you know, for, from him, you know, when he signed that really big extension and that really long extension you're wanting to see improvements like this from him and we 100% are yeah quote me on this now that extension give it two years from now that's going to be the best contract in the NHL Mm -hmm. I have zero doubt in my mind that is such a cheap deal that we were able to get him on for what he's valued and what he's worth the big thing with Svechnikov in my opinion is he's his second half kind of, as we'll call him, lows in scoring and everything along those lines, that's coming down to, I think, him just gripping the stick a little too tight, as we like to say. Or he's just, mm-hmm. he's almost in his own head a little bit. And I think yeah. a big key to getting him back to where he is is 
he needs to start using his big frame again and using his, I mean, we saw how powerful he was at the all-star game. He is explosive when he needs to be. And when he's playing explosive and he's playing that big, you know, let me pull up his actual height and weight here. Yeah. 6'2", 194. That's a big boy. He's mm-hmm. not a, he's not an easy animal to get off the puck. And if we get him back to playing the way that we know he can and just playing with all this skill that he has, but playing that powerful game that we see even the likes of a Jordan Stahl playing because he kind of plays that same, same echelons of game. We need to get him back to really using his body and using that strength that he has in order to make sure that he can get those opportunities that we all know he can create. He's done it for himself previous years and he's done it for himself now. And like I said, I think it's just it's it's getting out of his own head a little bit and just kind of relaxing. And that's the beautiful thing is with this almost two week long break that we're going to have now, it's going to be 10 day break basically in between games. That's a real big opportunity for a guy, especially like Svechnikov and another player like a Seth Jarvis to really kind of relax, let all those demons out of their head and come back to a fresh start, fresh slate to the season. I wouldn't be surprised if Svechnikov has a really, really stellar second half of the season because we all know it's there yeah absolutely uh and i i'm really expecting him to have a big second half because you know we talk about you know him i think seth jarvis you know he is a guy that we could see really start to peak back up marty natures you know he's going to keep doing his thing and sebastian aho i think yeah we could see him start i mean he was he kind of uh disappeared you know for a little bit but you know he was starting to uh uh show back up you know he was god i forget what kind of uh how many goals he had in those last few games but i know it was really good uh pretty sure it was eight in the last five or six yeah it was something something like like that that. yeah yeah it was something like that but i could see you know him and you know so many of these top guys that you're wanting to you know be top guys and play like top guys I could really see these guys as well as you know some of the depth guys as well really step up because you look at the moves that other teams in the metro have made, you know, over the past you know few days, you know, like Bo Horvat, you know, coming to uh you know the New York Islanders, uh Vladimir Tarasenko to the Rangers. And you know, there's no telling what other kind of moves you know teams in the metro are gonna be making, you know, here. Well, let me ask you a question weeks. here. Who if if anybody you're Don Waddell sitting up in the press box. Who are you going to grab if you think that we need somebody? Well, I think they're going to have to. Uh, you know, I talked about this uh, the other day. Uh, some of the names that have been swirled around the Hurricanes, Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, no. Uh, I think you know, 10 years ago, I absolutely go after them. But this is 2023, not 2013. And, you know, so just kind of leave those guys uh, and, you know, you could get them on cheap, you know, cheap deals, you know, when they hit free agency, then that's one thing. But trading for them and their cap hits now, no. Uh, Tarasenko was one guy, you know, I thought about um, as well, but, you know, he's off market now. So really now it just comes down to Timo Meyer uh, from San Jose uh, and, you know, from what the asking price was, you know, it's looking like it'd be more picks and, you know, some prospects 
uh, from what it was supposed, you know, that San Jose was wanting. I do think, yeah, the Hurricanes could definitely do that. It's just a matter of getting the deal worked out. So I think Timo Meyer would be the one guy that I would really try to go after. You know, they have the cap space now. They have a little over ten million. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it's like 10.1 or something 10. like that. 10.2, yeah, on the dot yeah. right there. Yep. Uh, so I would go Timo Meyer. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, we don't get paid to make those decisions. So, <laughs> you know, I, I think that, you know, yeah, the Hurricanes, you know, the guys that are on the roster, they're really – the the guys that you expect to be top guys they're gonna have to play like it with the moves that other teams have been have made and i would expect you know dom model to make at least one really big trade to help that out because you all your other teams around you are making big trades you're gonna have to do something as well to keep up and you know uh yeah i was really frustrated you know you look back the nfl the entire AFC East, you know, the Bills, the Jets, and the Dolphins all did stuff to really improve their teams in the previous offseason. The Patriots did not. Patriots didn't make the playoffs. And they yeah. the fact that they were in contention for as long as they were was baffling to me. Uh, but you know, something like that, you know, you you gotta keep up with the teams around you. And I think Don Waddell realizes that, and I think the players are going to realize that as well. Yeah, um, kind of where I would feed off of that is I think if I was armchair Donnie, which it means I'm sitting on the back of my couch looking at what Carolina possibly needs. Again, we're not paid to make these decisions. I wouldn't mind us going to get a player like a Ryan O'Reilly if the price is right for him. Mm-hmm. Because, yes, I guess Barry Kokaniemi has been on an upswing and I actually have his stats broken down. So in the first 21 games, he had five points. It's not mm-hmm. very good from what we expect a second line center to be. The next 28 games, he's had 15 points. So he's definitely had a better second portion of that first leg. But I still don't know if that's going to be enough to get us over that hump. And no, no, he's still young and he's still got things to work on. And we all know, and I, I truly do, I am a believer that he's going to have some really positive upside and he's really going to make good on that contract that we gave him. But I think. For the time being right now, getting somebody in that could possibly play that second line center, or if Jesperi decides that he wants to take off in the second half of the season, solidify that fourth line and really, really nail down that PK. Cause he's going to, uh, Ryan O'Reilly can play both power play and penalty kill. He's one of the better defensive players in the NHL. He's had a struggle this year with the defensive aspect of it. But I think that partially comes down to the fact that St. Louis has really been struggling defensively altogether as a team. But I think maybe grabbing a guy like that really helps Carolina get over that hump because he has such a good leadership and such a veteran presence as well, too. Adding to the veteranship of Jordan Stahl, you know, Brent Burns, Paul Stasny, Slave, and guys that have been there before, even at Ajo now, he's been there plenty. Yeah. He's, he's been there the past four seasons in, in the playoffs. I think adding an extra piece like that, though, never does hurt. He's won a cup before. He knows what it takes and adding any sort of presence into the locker room, especially with a lot of younger guys like Jarvis, who's been struggling, Kokaniemi, who's been struggling, Svech, who has been struggling as of late, adding a key presence like that only can help. I don't think it can hurt. So I think if we can get him at a fair trade offer, I think that might be the best move for the Canes. Yeah, it, that's a move I wouldn't hate either. Uh I think those are kind of the top two guys, you know, at this point mm-hmm. with Tarasenko being off the board. And 
but at the end of the day, we're just going to have to wait and see. Uh, I feel like we got to mention him, uh, Peter Kochekov. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, he's yeah took everyone by surprise. We'll obviously see him up in the NHL again, but he was pretty much one that just defied everyone's expectations of just how good he was for the Hurricanes. Everything that can be said has already been said about him. Uh, obviously, I think you know he's going to fall out of the Calder conversation, you know, because of you know Freddie Anderson being back and you know, being healthy. Same with Auntie Ranta, so he's not going to hit that minimum game requirement, I don't think. Uh, but you know, he he was in that Calder conversation for for a stretch for a reason. He was playing that dang good, and it definitely you know. Makes you feel good that you know he's the only goalie under contract uh, for the Hurricanes going into next season, and you know, you're not looking at that like, oh crap, he's the only goalie under contract. You're like, okay, you know, we're good. We got to get another guy, but we're we're in capable hands. Yeah, the nice thing with Kochekov too, and I know he we're we're saying he's falling out of the Calder conversation. I believe he's played less than 25 games, and that's the minimum played in order to even be considered for the Calder. And so if he hasn't played that number, guess what? He comes in and he doesn't play another start this season. And you could quote me if I'm wrong, Twitter. I know you guys like to do it. So make sure you tweet at us if, if I made a big blunder here that he has played more than 25 games. But I'm almost positive he hasn't. He's could be up for that Calder next season as well, too. Mm-hmm. So And he, he is going to be in the NHL next season. We have him on a one-way contract. So unless we decide that we want to test favors on him, which I really hope we do not, because I think he's the future for the Hurricanes then he's going to be in the NHL and he's going to be one of the two guys next season. So he still could be very well up for that call there next season um, because he meets all the requirements. Yeah, it's going to be great. um, But, you know, we could go on and on for hours about guys that stood out on the team. But, you know, we're wrapping it up now. Uh, Again, we could be here all day. But, you know, the Hurricanes as a whole, everyone has done really, really well this year. And Kyle, once again, Thank you for coming on the show. And Kaniacs, we will talk to you again uh, tomorrow when we're previewing the Hurricanes being back in action against the Rangers. And as every, everyone knows, make sure you're following Hurricanes, locked on Hurricanes at LO underscore Hurricanes, and myself on Twitter at Jared Ellis underscore 96. Make sure you're following Kyle as well. And we will talk to you guys in the next episode.